This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your constant host, Paul, the Bowtie Guy, and I am here yet again with my friend Giselle coming back Hello. to the show. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> uh, so we're here to talk today and welcome you to a beautiful January morning here in 2021. Uh, theoretically, when this comes out, it should be January 19th, I believe, if I've done my math right. Nice. So here we, we are. We survived 2020 and now we're 2021. Boom. New year. Come on. The right now. Bam. That was a little happen. high five. I'm here in the future. Yeah. Y2K21 <laughs> can go pound sand. Um, so if you want to help out our podcast to grow and reach more ears, a great thing to do would be to give us a rating and a review on the podcatcher you're using. You can also just share about the podcast on your social media. The more it gets out there, the more people hear about it, the more people can listen, and the better off it is. So we really appreciate everybody helping out to do that. And uh, Giselle and I are both just turning our phones to silent <laughs> right now. That was a good remembering there, Giselle. Uh, you can also become a patron uh, for the show by going to messituppodcast.com, clicking on the Become a Patron button, and for as little as... One dollar a month, you can become a <laughs> patron and help uh, support the show financially. That is uh, the this is my job, and so I get paid by the listeners. So the more listeners that just kick in a little bit, the easier it is for me to pay bills and keep things going, and not have to go out there and try to find a quote unquote real job. So I appreciate all the people who become patrons and. One of the ways that I like to show my patrons that I'm happy is by giving them a book for becoming a patron. So you can get a copy of my book still in beta for becoming a patron. So check that out. If you just want to get the book, it's also available on Amazon for your Kindle uh, as a paperback and also on Apple Books if you prefer to read on your iPad like I choose to do. If you want to email me, it is possible. You can email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can also email intern Dave at uh, info at messituppodcast.com and he will take care of all those needs. So I think I've got all the upfront stuff taken care of. Did I, did I leave anything out, G? You're on Instagram, Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Starbucks. Social media, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah. You're at Starbucks Yeah. when uh, it's open, hopefully in the future. Yeah, hopefully by now. Wouldn't that be yes. so awesome if by now I was sitting at Starbucks? Uh, I don't think it'll happen that fast, though. Uh, but we are on social media, so you can check us out there on the social media places. Every once in a while, we like to give out some Starbucks to the people. So uh, keep listening, keep watching, keep staying involved, and that would be awesome. Uh, Giselle, one of my favorite things about the show is the song of the or the word of the week. And our word of the week this week is one that is, uh, I, I, and I try to pick ones that sort of fit or whatnot. Today's word of the week is contrite. And contrite or contrition, you know, it it's to um, like feeling remorse for something and apologizing for something. And we're going to be looking at step nine today. If I look at the uh, meaning, it says uh, affected by guilt. Uh, feeling or expressing remorse or penitence that, you know, it's just this idea that we really are sorry for something. We regret doing something. And step nine, as we go through our steps, says we may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And that whole idea of contrition, I think, really comes into this step nine because it's the, the amends step. It's one that even if you ask non-recovery people on the street about the 12 steps, I think most people will have an idea that 12 steps are about recovery. They probably associate it with drugs or alcohol or maybe tobacco, but you know, getting better from something through this 12 steps. Is that kind of the idea you had before you were familiar with anything with yes. sober recovery? And there's certain steps that people know, I think. And one of them is that you have to make amends. I think this is one of the ones that they, they know. They might not be familiar with what the number is, but they know that it's something that happens, that you know we make amends. Mm -hmm. And that was certainly something that I had as a rudimentary 
understanding of recovery coming into Celebrate Recovery back in 2003. Um, was that also something that you knew about recovery before you went in, that that was a part of the deal? Um, yes, sir. Yes, I think so. Because obviously... <laughs> Giselle almost made me blow tea all over microphones and her here. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. <laughs> obviously. No comment. Um, yes, I mean, um, I feel like... You know, when you are struggling with addiction, you feel, you obviously know that you hurt people. So, like, you know, you could make amends. I don't know what yeah. I'm talking My like... Yeah, it's tricky, isn't my it? My English. Everybody says, well, Paul, you talk a lot on the show. You don't let people talk. But it's, it's not as easy as I make it seem, you know. Putting um, words at one after the other. Definitely. Yeah, it's tough. We're here on a holiday season. You know, we're still recording. This is this is the break between Christmas and New Year, and so yeah, we're we still have you know sugar plum mind. Fun fact. Oh, just tell the fact. We'll decide if it's fun or not. Um, in I think it was Russia, they call the time between Christmas and New Year's the between years. Oh, between years or something like that because it's funky. I guess interesting. I don't know. Okay. Fun well, fact. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fun almost fact. Almost fun <laughs> almost fact. Nice. Um, so when you were coming into recovery and, and, and thinking about doing a step study for the first time, this was something that you knew was looming on the horizon? Yes. I hated this step. You know, I hated thinking about this step because... Um, you know, it's just so awkward admitting you're wrong. Yeah. You know, and then, um, you know, everyone's stressed out about step four, doing their inventory. And I think maybe because I just didn't have a crazy past, you know, that crazy, at least I feel like I had a normal amount of crazy. Um, yeah, spoken like someone that's lukewarm. Okay. <laughs> I was a little lukewarm at times. But, you know, um, yeah, I didn't I never had anything crazy to put in my inventory, so but I did know I I I would have to make amends and that was just the awkward part because I was always so heels in the sand, like I'm right, you're wrong. I'll cut you out of my life, whatever. Mm. I don't care, you know? So, um, yeah. Which, I mean, like Andrew would tell you, I have a hard exterior, but when you, like, crack you into me, it's like, I'm all squishy. I'm like a little marshmallow. Aw. Marshmallow <laughs> Giselle. Um, so, that was one of my things, too, was, was I knew that I had done some wrong. And that there were going to be, I knew amends was not something I was going to be able to dance around and skirt around. It was not going to be comfortable. It was not going to be easy. It was not going to be fast. Um, it was going to be a struggle mm -hmm. because of the, the wrong that I've done. And that made me a little hesitant. I knew I wanted to be better. I knew I wanted to be past my struggles, but I was just kind of, you know, not wanting to do all that. When I first started at Celebrate Recovery, there was a guy who played guitar named Alex. And Alex, or he, he did sound, I guess. There's another guy playing guitar, but Alex always said, can't we just take a pill? Isn't there a pill that we can just take and we'll be better in the morning and we don't have to do all this stuff? And that was always his his way of saying, you know, we've got to go through all these steps. I know it. But acknowledging that mm. the desire for the microwave was strong. And I had that strong microwave leaning. I wanted to just get past it. Yeah. And I think that's why amends are so hard for me. Because I kind of just like, I like blurting things out and not like, okay, we're done, right? We're good. Cool. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I don't want things that need a sink or be contemplated afterwards because I just want to know everything's okay or I don't want to bring it up at all. <laughs> mm. And what's that about? What's what what have you have you 
deconstructed those feelings? Do you do you know where that comes from or if I knew I probably would like step nine a little better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when 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 we were talking about doing these steps, we sort of doled out who was gonna do which step and, and it was easy at the beginning. We kinda got through some stuff and then we had Christmas come up and so after Christmas we were uh, with Giselle and Andrew, I said, okay, guys, I want to, you know, assign steps to everybody so that we can get this done. And my first inclination was, all right, we've got steps 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 to go. All right, where, which one do you want to do? And Giselle was quick to say, I don't want step 9. And I was like, oh, step 11 to think like, okay, um, if I stay the one I want, then I'm out of the hook. No, because there was two other steps that needed to yeah, be chosen. Yeah, and, and so I, <laughs> I I picked Giselle to do this one because she said she didn't want to. And before we started, we were just kind of talking a little bit and you know getting an idea of where the show was going to go. And um, one of the comments that she made was just, I don't like this step. And I said, okay, we'll be honest about that, but not too honest. Uh, <laughs> but, but that was part of what I want to do because this is not an easy step. It's not. This is the step I think that gets the most overlooked in all the steps mm -hmm. because it's really a critical one but it can be very easy you know we tell people when we're making our fourth step include everything in and and we've got to get that done so we can move on but people will do, be working on their ninth step for years and like oh well i've done my 12 steps well have you done all your mints no well how could you be done then how could you have done it you know a, your steps if you're still working on those amends and i know i had some amends that i drug out for years because mm. i didn't want to face it i didn't want that discomfort um i am codependent i like people to be happy i don't like the conflict before i got in trouble with the law i did like the conflict I would look for places to argue, to debate, to be a contrarian because I love that adrenaline rush of the fight. Mm. But because I caused so much pain and everything that I went through with being incarcerated and going through the court process, I was done causing pain in people's lives. I didn't want to do that anymore. And so now I run from conflict. And so the idea that I have to sit in front of someone and have there be some conflict or bring up something that might be hurtful or make a person cry or make me cry. I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not looking for opportunities to do that. I'm looking for opportunities to maybe push pause and see if, you know what, if we just sit on this for a couple of years, maybe it'll just all go away. Hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it explains so much because I see you and I'm like, man, why does Paul always bend over backwards for these people and it, it makes sense right now because you're trying not to be what you were yeah 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 trying so hard to not and and there's good in that but there's also bad in that that's it's it's everything in moderation you know there's there's yeah. unhealthy things even in healthy stuff so uh was there a particular amend in your process going through that you were like I'm not going to do this or I don't want to do this or let's do this one later. Uh, was there one that was a particular time? And don't, you don't have to tell us what it was, but yeah. just, you know, we could talk about it generally speaking. I mean, I feel like I still am struggling with my, my, my dad, my childhood, you know, like, especially being, I think the age that I am, like, I'm still not like, you know, like midlife crisis. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm still in the younger, you know, younger years. <laughs> I feel like you are too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I still think of like everything I could have been. Here's the beautiful thing though. We are now, we've known each other long enough. Our, our relationship <laughs> is developed long enough. I'm not twice your age anymore. And I love that. You're, <laughs> you're now less than half of my age rather than, oh, or more than half of my age rather than less than half of my age. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me sad, though. I apologize, and I make amends for bringing that up, <laughs> but it does make me happy. I'm almost 30. Oh, baby. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? So we were talking about difficult amends. <laughs> difficult oh, okay. amends. That's why we had that little break. Yeah. <laughs> it was too difficult. Yeah, it's just like thinking of what I could have been if I had the support of, you know, the 
my parents and stuff. And as much as I will say that I, for like, I forgive them, I realize there's a lot that I didn't, like, I guess we talked about, um, a few weeks ago, I talked about how, like, man, like, you really don't realize how much you gave your parents a hard time, and they were just doing their best. Like, I was talking to a friend, and it's like, her daughter thinks she's so strict, and she just wants to be mean and controlling, and it's like, wow, like, I feel like that's how I was with my mom. Like, I always just gave her such a hard time. So as much as, like, I need to forgive her, it's like I need to ask for her forgiveness because now being a mom, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, there's times that I make my child cry, and it's like I'm not trying to make him cry because I want to be mean, even though at the moment he thinks I want to be mean. Mm-hmm. It's because it's for his own good. And yeah, I you see that bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it. I feel like whenever they're, not all the time, but a lot of times when you need to forgive someone, there's probably something out there that you need to ask forgiveness. And that's coming from someone codependent, so that's probably not the right answer no i i, I think to... i can t- tend to agree with that yeah yeah the only thing i would change about that is i would say i i i i yeah for me i think that the thing is i look back at amends that i have not made or that i delayed making mm-hmm. um the ones that were the worst that i that i stretched out the longest and that i avoided were not ones that were difficult but were ones where I felt like there was a possibility that the person I was making amends with would say, okay, fine. And that was the end of the relationship. Mm. And I wasn't ready to end the relationship. And in my mind, oftentimes I will let, I will hold on to a bad relationship rather than ending it or just leave, you know, have a, a neutral relationship rather than solving a problem, which might make it so the relationship ends. And the reason that I thought that the relationship might end with this particular one that I'm thinking of was not because anything so heinous had been done, but because the person that I needed to make the amends to was the kind of person, like you said, I'll just cut you out of my life forever. And I had seen them cut people out of their lives forever. And I thought, well, they might do that with me. And if I don't say anything, then we haven't formally been cut out and they haven't said, mm. you're out of my life forever. Now, maybe in their mind, I already was. But in my mind, I hadn't taken that step. And so I didn't want to do that because I was like, I, I'd just rather hold on to this memory of a relationship than know that it's over. Mm. And I, I eventually did make the amend with that person. And they didn't say, yeah, you're cut out of my life forever. They were polite and everything like that. But basically I've been cut out of their life um, forever. And that's an uncomfortable place. And because of things that I've done, I've had people cut me out of their life, which I feel is more, and I'm air quoting here, deserved, more understandable, but it still hurts. Uh, Most of my childhood friends have cut me out after I admitted to my crimes. And um, the guy that was my best friend through school, Donnie, we've now rekindle our relationship and I just had lunch with him before we re, uh, recorded today and our relationship is solid and good and we reminisce about things but none of the rest of the guys have come around and our group because we grew up in a small town you know we all went from most of my friends I knew from kindergarten on and so a lot of them went to college together we were all in each other's weddings together And so they still do things. We're in our 50s and still doing things with friends from kindergarten, but I'm not. Mm. So I hear about the guys got together and did this and they did this. And I know that I'm not in the stories and I love so much to be a part of something, a shared memory. And so that's that's a a regret and a pain that I have that I have to work on is just knowing that I've done things like that. So I I never want to add more to those. So that's the, the amends that I've put off have been those type of amends where I thought, okay, 
when I say this, it's going to be a tricky thing because this person think, well, why were you upset with me or why were you? And, and I, because they haven't gone through everything and, and thought about it, they haven't necessarily had a chance to look at it from all angles. And so I just don't know if it'll be as clear and if I can express myself in a clear way. So mm. those have been the ones that have really been stuck in the mud, digging through molasses kind of amends for me. Mm. Yeah. I see. And it's so funny seeing your relationship with Donnie because I feel like I seen you at Starbucks where it's like, oh, that, that was one of my friends. And then, like, you guys started off, like, being in separate tables and eventually being in the same table at Starbucks. And then I see him at your house. It's like, <laughs> hello, what happened? Like, yeah. Like, you guys just, I feel like I could imagine how you guys were in high school to a certain point. Yeah. We were pretty <laughs> inseparable. You know, we were... And you, you know, I think you guys have become inseparable within yeah, the last few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that love um, that was there never left it just got covered up by debris and we've been able to sift through that debris and um uh, it's been and we've had some honest talks about that mm. um since we've reunited uh, and that's been good it's been been a good thing so nice. so men's are good <laughs> good <laughs> even though they can sometimes be uh tricky so um I want to look at our song of the week and I did the whole thing that I always do to Giselle and I said, Hey, what do you think for a song of the week? And what was your response when I asked you for, as I, she goes for a drink, what, what did you say when I asked you for a song of the week? I was like, gosh, you want me to do everything? <laughs> Why don't you just like make me do all your work? Welcome to the Giselle show. <laughs> uh, so the song she gave is a great one. And this is from Mandisa and John Reddick and it's called You Keep Hope Alive. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we do, but we're going to give you about 90 seconds of it. We'll be back on the other side to talk about it and to uh, talk a little bit more about step nine. So here's Mandisa and John Reddick with You Keep Hope Alive. Keep hope alive from the beginning to end. So, um, great, great pick, by the way. I just, I love me some Mandisa. She just got that, I don't know, she feels like, like a Whitney Houston-y kind of, just like, yes. you know, like, anthemic kind of thing going on. I almost said, like she's ripping a new one. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong scene. Like, uh, she definitely is led by the spirit and not just, I need to do this in this. Right, like, yeah. So what what's what's the the story in this song to you? What's sticking out? Um, what always sticks out to me, and what was like the hardest to try to like search for this song, was when the part I would think about when I first heard the song was when evil is rising, you're rising higher, and just that. Um, I guess the overall theme of the song, where it's just like when something seems so when something negative seems so great and it's almost seems like it can't be defeated like god is there even more powerful even more greater even um just 
nothing would overtake him, even though you see evil is overtaking the world. God is there even greater than that. Mm -hmm. And um, another, like, part even going into, like, from the beginning to end, your word never fails. It's, or wait, was it never fails? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Your word never fails. And I think it's just that, that reminder that how God's words in the Bible are alive and they won't fail. Like from the time it was written to the time of the second coming, like those words are living and you could always rely on them. And I think it's so funny when, um, I think you taught a lesson um, back in October and Andrew was like um, it was the Joel um, you know he will restore what, what the locust has yeah. um, Eden and it's like it's funny because I've always enjoyed that verse but like that one day like something just clicked in Andrew mm. and it was just like huh like it, it says it right there. Like, I keep saying something similar, but, hey, it's biblical. It's scripture. And it, it never, like, went and clicked until that day. And I just think that's a great reminder. Like, your word, word never fails. Like, it's living. It's, a, it's, like, when you need it, it'll be there. Yeah. For you. Right. The answers are there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I love it when the light bulb just comes on, especially something that I've heard over and over and over and over and over again. And my favorite one with that is the peace that passes understanding. And when I finally felt that, I was like, I can't mm-hmm. explain. It's like, light bulbs everywhere. Yeah. It was just like, you know. I think my my favorite light bulb was um, the perfect love cast out fear. Mm. Is that it? Perfect love cast out fear? Yeah, because it's like, um, with like the that was like the scripture that I held on to during the earthquakes and stuff and it never felt more real until I was just overwhelmed with fear yeah. and hearing that that scripture yeah yeah those words cool <laughs> uh, for me the thing that for one thing I love just from a musical standpoint I love the second verse when uh, the two of them, you have the male and the female mm-hmm. voice coming in. I just, I love the blend on that. When, when we were listening to it, I was like, oh, I love this part. Um, <laughs> but lyrically, I love, you know, there's hope in the morning. There's hope in the evening because you're living, because you're breathing. There's hope in the breaking. There's hope in the sorrow. There's hope in the moment. There's hope for tomorrow. And and it's it's everything, you know, and, and it's, it's easy to say, yeah, there's hope in, in a sunrise, mm-hmm. you know, 2021 is here. Okay. We hope it's going to be great. <laughs> now, scientifically, we know all the experts are saying it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better, but we just feel like, okay, there's a new calendar year. We've, we've you know, got out the, and, and so it's, there's hope, mm-hmm. but yeah. oh, hope in the sorrow. Wow. wow. Not always. Yeah. Hope in the breaking. Mm. Not so much. And to know that it's there because he promises that it is. And when I get depressed, it's sometimes it's hard for me to see that. I want to see that. And, and sometimes I'll look at it and be like, ah, oh, get away from me, hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to be upset right now. I want to feel down. I want to feel depressed. I want to wallow in misery for a little yes. while. And, uh, but that hope is there. I mean, it's just... God is always, always good. And I can see in my own life that he's brought a mess and turned it into a message. And that I know that when a new mess presents itself, that a new message is following behind. So, yeah, somebody's cutting something outside, making weird oh, noises. Yeah. I thought, like, it was a chair. I was like, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's a, it, it's a great message. Great message of hope. Um, yeah. yeah. And I never really realized that hope in the sorrow and hope in the breaking. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Don't you okay. love it when you just break down something and hear it? Sometimes I'll be listening to a song and I'll think, oh, man, I never heard that in this song. And I've heard it so many times. I, I need to do that on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I've already done that song on the podcast and I didn't say <laughs> it. It's like, oh, I missed it. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's why it's great to just keep on listening to things and, mm-hmm. and why we reread our Bible uh, yeah. so that 
we can I can catch those things that I've missed or haven't quite paid attention to correctly where I'm just like you know taking a sip and have to say yes sir <laughs> <laughs> I so. think that's why I like listening to other people's interpretation of what that scripture song came mm-hmm. to them because mm-hmm. it's like as much as you could read it God also uses other people to absolutely make it like... absolutely yeah <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about having guests on the podcast for me is I get to hear other input like oh great perspective yeah yeah so going back now then to our discussion of the ninth step you know we've talked about how it can be difficult to do and to want to do especially what have been successes that you've had with the ninth step Giselle what what have been some that you weren't really sure about you need to see it again. I wanted to see the iPad. Okay. She's pointing at the screen and I was like, uh, no, we're both recording. I thought she was going to say, oh, we're not recording. <laughs> well, I just wanted to kind of like, uh, I guess because like, I guess leading to your question, I we didn't read the scripture and oh. I think it's, it's very important. Yeah. Do you want to read that? Sure. Can you see it? Uh, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to your brother then come and offer your gift and that's from matthew five twenty three and 24 and uh so what i was gonna say was i hope this goes with your question but... yes speak my <laughs> friend absolutely i guess like when i'm looking at the bad the reasons why i hate step nine the scripture reminds me why i love i End oh, up. You said it. I got it. I got it recorded. Uh, I end up fine loving. Uh, step nine is because um, it kind of shows like you can't fully give your gift to the altar if there's pe- if there's things that are against you, and I feel like I can relate to that because knowing that I did something wrong, like, it's so hard for me to go to church and worship and be fed spiritually just because I know, like, right there I'm making someone sin or fall or just creating conflict with a brother. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I heard um, a sermon about this. Well, I didn't hear the sermon, but Bev listened to a sermon and she was telling me about this. The person was speaking on this verse and saying that, you know, back then you'd have to wait in line to get into the temple to make your offering. Mm. And so everyone's standing there with their live animals wow. and cages and stuff like that. And and you're supposed to go and just, oh, fix the thing with your brother, then come back and get in the line again and go through all that again. Sorry, no. I don't want to wait in line, you know. I, I mean, we have lines, big lines at drive-throughs now because restaurants are closed. I'm looking, I'm like, no, nah, I won't go there. No, I won't go. I, you know, it's like I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's asking us to do that though. It's asking us to make a bigger sacrifice on top of the sacrifice, to make yeah. things right. Yeah. And and the question that always sticks out to me that my um, sponsor asked me is, do you want to be healthy or do you want to be right? Mm. And and ultimately, I want to be healthy. And that means I've got to do things that I don't want to do, that I don't want to have to, you know, make those amends on or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to make amends if you know the person you're making amends to will also find fault in themselves. And yes, it's like... I was talking with Andrew about that for last week's show. <laughs> wow. That is like, you know, I, it's, it's difficult because I just want them to say, I, and I know it's not part of it. That's mm-hmm. not part what the step is, but just emotionally and personally, that's what I want. I want yes. that, that understanding. Like, you know what? I did some wrong here too. Yes. And um, I feel like at the same time, it's hard because if you like try to apologize to someone like your wife, she'll always find a reason to make it her fault. And it's like, no, Bev, stop it. Like, it's not like yeah. you're ruining this. Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like other people, like yeah. arrogant people, I'm just like, yeah, where's your fault? Yeah, she's a total guilt owner. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, interesting that you say that because that was something that I used against her early on in our marriage is I would twist things. And when I was running amok, I could get caught 
not red-handed, but, you know, slightly pink-handed uh, on something. And I would, at the beginning, I would be like, you know, contrite. Mm-hmm. And but then it, by the end of it, I would turn it around where she was apologizing to me for questioning my, you know, mm. integrity, and uh, because I knew I could could use that as a weapon against her. Um, it's it's difficult. The, have you? I had one amend, and I, I was going to try to ask you a question, but I don't know how to ask the question, so I'm just going to answer. <laughs> or, you know, give my example and see if you have anything similar. But I did one amend that I was super ready to do. I had gone through the eighth step. And I was ready to do this amend, and I went, and I walked away from it. And I was like, man, that went great. That was awesome. Who else can we amend? And then, no, then the next day, I it was a person that I worked with that I did uh, the amend to. The next day, uh, my boss was like, what were you thinking? What did you do? And I was like, well, I made amends to this person I'd done right no, they were not ready for that. That was not, and that comes into that second part, except when to do so would injure them or others. The person was not ready to hear what I was saying and it completely blew up and I was doing it because it made me feel good and it was just a train wreck and destroyed Mm. the relationship that I had with this person basically forever after that because I tried to do an amend thinking I was doing good and admitting that I was wrong and that they were completely a victim but they just weren't ready for it and it destroyed so much because i did not i didn't talk mm-hmm. to anybody about hey should i do this amend i just went ahead and did it and i felt like i had done great and didn't realize until after had not done great and at that point i was you know i had 10 years of recovery under my belt you know i, I knew this stuff wow yeah you definitely don't think about how other people feel sometimes i feel like i i i i keep saying you <laughs> i say you as in the broad sense not you yeah the like royal you. we yeah yeah we i i feel like not maybe not as bad as you <laughs> but i mean i do feel like i have tried to talk to someone or make amends and I just thought of how good I would feel, mm-hmm. but not how the other person would take it. And I think when you're practicing recovery, um, I think there's times where I've gotten, I caught myself, I was about to say, I have gotten prepared for this through my you know, working through the steps where I have to remember that other people aren't going through what I'm going through. Right. And uh, one of the, it's funny because, I mean, last time I was on the show, I brought up the movie Soul. And one of the reasons Andrew thinks I hated it so much was because we've been in recovery for a few years now. And we've already gone through like, yeah, duh, enjoy life. Like, things don't come out the way you want them to it's like no brainer (laughs) but it's like because i have to think how we felt when we first started recovery that would that when someone would have brought that up to me it was like like whoa that's awesome but now it's like i've heard it yeah yes i've heard the message yeah Yeah. and and that's something that's really important with this the the understanding where someone else is coming from. And that's why it's so important. This is one of those steps. It's really important to have a sponsor mm-hmm. to bounce things off or at least accountability partners to say, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this amend for this person. And this is what I was going to do. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, just to get a perspective because I can get so blinded by my own perspective of like, I'm doing so much good here. Mm-hmm. And I, I went in, I remember going in and I was going to do so much good and repair this this slight thing and just uh, yes. it made my day just great, and it it didn't. Yeah. Um, so you know, having that sponsor to bounce that off and know because it can be easy. Also, if you don't have a sponsor, be like, you know what, I would do this amend, but it really would hurt this person, so I'm not going to. And and to give myself a pass on the amends I don't want to do because it might hurt them. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and even like the other way around where it's like, you may think you need to make amends, but it's like, no, like, what are you thinking? 
that's not your fault. Yeah, look and at that fifth column. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, it frustrates me so much because there was conflict in my family last Christmas and my mom is just constantly trying to make amends with these other family members and it's like, mom, you did your part. You said sorry for what you believe you did wrong. Now it's their their turn to accept it or just walk away from it. Yeah. And you you don't have to keep buying them Christmas presents or inviting them to your house. It's if if they're just going to keep hurting you because they're not accepting your right. forgiveness. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so. such an unhealthy place and mm-hmm. it's just I mean if you if you're going through and trying to do your steps without a sponsor your chances of failure are huge and your chances of success are way mm-hmm. smaller. And I mean, it's hard enough to go through and work a step study with a sponsor in place. Without one, it's just going to be dumb luck. I mean, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, but really I would bet against a successful, and even if you do feel like you made it, you're missing out on so much more that your sponsor could have helped out with to yeah. make it even that much more successful or even just replacing the word sponsor with like a mentor like mm-hmm. a spiritual mentor is is so important cuz i also think of like things that i didn't receive when talking to my sponsor uh-huh. i still receive talking to someone i know is further along in their spiritual walk than me interesting can you say more about that I don't give a specifics but can you just give a, a... Like, do you know why that might be? Or, or are there certain instances where it was that way? Were they too close to a situation? Or I think sometimes they could be too close. But then other times is... Hmm, I'm trying to think. Like, for example... I think just being too close to the situation I've gotten. And sometimes... I think because we're in recovery and we're going through these, well, this is how like A, B, and C work. It's, um, I think sometimes we get too close to focusing on we're part of celebrate recovery. We need to do these 12 steps where I could get a fresh perspective with someone else that isn't always focusing on those like 12 scriptures and the eight principles and be like, well, to further um to further like grow on this subject that we're talking about let's look at this example or this you know other you know path or whatever yeah (laughs) yeah wow that that's a good perspective to have and i think it's tricky for me because i'm codependent and so when i sponsor people they've got a, a sponsor who's codependent my sponsor was not i mean i think everybody's a little codependent at some point Mm-hmm. But my sponsor was not your typical codependent kind of guy. You know, he's like, this is what it is. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, there's the door. Um, and that's what I needed, you know, because it was a lot more cut and dry, matter of fact, and not like, oh, well, you know what, Paul? Yeah, let's let's go a little easy on this one. He'd just be like, well, dude, you're being stupid right now. And I was like, no. Oh, that's not what I came to you for. I want you to tell me I'm being a good boy. But I needed that honesty. Um, so uh, now as a sponsor, have you had to do this with anybody and help them like look at a, a an amend and say, you know what, maybe you should go a little stronger on this or maybe lay off or, or do a direct amend or indirect amend? Have you had that experience yet? Um, I mean, this is like I'm barely on like my first sponsee. And we haven't even, I haven't even listened to their, um, you know. Inventory. Inventory and stuff. But I think um, for something similar is getting away from, I did need to talk to them about getting away from that. Like, oh, this is like this looking at one point. To looking at like, no, like we need to look at this bigger picture. Okay. Yeah. And it's not like, oof, that picture was weird. Um, Making eyeballs. Yes. Looking at me. Um, <laughs> uh, 
What was I going with? You were you were talking about yeah, looking at out. the bigger picture because you could apologize. Like for example, I could apologize. Like oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm just like I'm just being very hormonal right now. Mm. Like I'm just you know whatever. But it's like no. Well, why does this always come up when I'm being during this specific time period? Mm-hmm. It's like no, because I'm codependent and I try to please everyone and I hurt other people in the process. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like sometimes if you just fix the small part of an issue, like there's still all these other things that are connected to it. Yes, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. we walk around and we fix one symptom, but we don't necessarily yes, fix the root. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's important also um, when we're looking at making an amend and something that you, you brought up that I'm so glad you did because I was going to not ever even say anything. And this is so critical. When I make an amend, when I make an apology, there's certain things that can't happen in that apology. Mm. I should not give reasons or I can give reasons, but not excuses. Yeah. Nobody made me do anything, you know, mm-hmm. Giselle, I'm super sorry that I yelled at you, but you really made me angry. So I had to No, the word, but should not appear in an amend. Or this even is what I did. It on other people, yeah. Right? No, you're, it's not, it's not a, that's not anything to do with it. You're here to apologize and make right mm-hmm. for what you have done wrong, what I have done wrong. And it doesn't matter what you did to me. Um, and that's why it's so tricky with my mother when I make amends because I want to say I did this, but you were poking me the whole time, and I just I I was fed up. It's like no, I yelled, it was wrong. I should not have done that, and I apologize. Um, and that's where the apology has to stop. No buts, no qualifiers. Yeah. No, you know, but you did. Yeah. It's not that. And if I'm waiting for it, if I'm just like leaning forward, like okay, <laughs> come on, I, I'm missing the point of step nine. Yeah, and then you'll probably have to redo that event. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, Yeah. yes. Which, I mean, if it sucks once, <laughs> it's not any better the second time. Yeah, and I think I always go back to thinking, um, you know, hurts lead, leads into hangups that leads into habits. So we shouldn't be blaming our habits on the reason why we did this, mm-hmm. like, wrongdoing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's important to see that that pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, Giselle, we have talked wow. for a long time. I know it's just uh, amazing that. And I hate this stuff. <laughs> I know, I know, but it was so. After talking about it, did you have any? Do you have a different perspective on it now than you did forty-five minutes ago, forty-six and eighteen seconds ago? I mean, it's still hard to do. It's still hard to go in to a conversation knowing you're gonna come out the bad the not the bad guy but like come out wrong and you may not get a you know comforting any comforting words or oh well we share the blame it's Mm -hmm. just going into a situation knowing that you're willing to take 100% responsibility. Yeah. Well, but not necessarily 100% responsibility for the situation, but 100% responsibility for For what what I've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, because when I have issues with my mom, there's always stuff that I've done, and there's things that she's done that have guided me to my emotional standpoint, but it's always up to me how I react to that. Yeah, don't take the bait. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so... The thing that really frustrates me is I I try to think about my mother-in-law. And there's nothing you could do to get me to be rude and mean to my mother-in-law. But then I'll do that to my wife. And I'll do it to my friends. And I'll do it to other people. I think, you wouldn't have done that to Betty Keegan. So why are you doing it to this person? And and if you can control yourself with her, then you can control yourself with others as well. Just picture everyone as a 93-year-old lady. I try to do that. I do. <laughs> I try to do that. You look great with curly white hair. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so long we need a camera because my yeah. little hair pad. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of cameras, we—I we, forgot to take a picture of us while we're doing this, Giselle. Um, I always take a picture of uh, Giselle and, and kind of trap her in things. So, boom, there it is. We got the picture. Uh, it's not great. Hers is great. Mine looks like I'm 
falling off a cliff. I look like uh, a founding father, 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 because I have a little bun going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here uh, through your hated step nine. Uh, thank you for doing this. Remember, if you want to become a patron and support the show financially, go to messituppodcast.com and uh, you can give to the show as little as a dollar a month really makes a big difference. Um, last uh, last week we had several hundred people listen to the show and if half of those people gave a dollar, that's that's a hundred dollars. If, if half of those people gave five dollars, that's, you know, I can't do the math right now, but it's $500, I guess, you know? So it's, it's nice uh, if we can do that. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so uh, we really appreciate our patrons. So you can check that out uh, on the messituppodcast.com page. You can also uh, like us on Facebook and add us and, and just join in the conversation, do all those things. We really appreciate all of your listening. Thanks for being here uh, through all these years. Uh, I missed out on the last show this is uh i gotta check my show numbers here and see where i am yeah this is show number 145 we have done one gross of shows so far gross is a dozen dozen so when we had a show 144 that was a dozen dozen shows really awesome we're coming in on, on our third anniversary here uh so super excited thanks all the listeners thanks for being out there we're gonna have more shows um coming up here we're going to be finishing off our, our steps over the next month and then some great shows coming up in the future as well got a great one coming up from pastor dan uh soon about his mess that uh, is turned into a message so i'm looking forward to that one but um i just thanks for being here i really really appreciate it Gigi, thanks for coming on do it at once again knocked it out of the park thanks for having me and um we'll see you next time we mess it up Mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.